Successful Performer Cast Episode 23. This is the show that interviews one full-time professional entertainer per week with the goal of inspiring and equipping those who are working to make the leap themselves. This is the Successful Performer Cast. Hey everyone, this is Chris Shepard, your host. Thanks for listening to the Successful Performer Cast, the show that interviews successful entertainers to inspire you, our listeners. Have you joined our email list? This is a great way to be notified every time a new episode breaks. Go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com to sign up today and never miss an episode. Also, I'd love to know what you guys are thinking about the show. Uh, Please feel free to participate in the comments on the show notes pages. You can find those at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com. And also feel free to drop me a line. You can uh, reach me through my email at ks at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com. So please drop me a line. Let me know what you guys think. Now, let's get to the good stuff. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show a great friend and a wonderful performer. Jonathan Levitt is like the Joker in a pack of cards. Magician, actor, television host, MC, producer, consultant, lecturer. These are all hats that he's worn throughout his career, and he's been able to weave his love for magic throughout all of his creative endeavors. He's traveled the country performing magic for private parties and on cruise ships. He's a frequent performer at the Hollywood Magic Castle. He's consulted for television and movies, teaching the likes of Steve Carell, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, Jack Davenport, David Duchovny, and Olivia Wilde how to do magic. You might recognize him from some of his guest star roles on The X-Files, Flash Forward, The Others, and The Huntress, or as a host for the Discovery Channel, The Science Channel, The Biography Channel, or on VH1's Celebra Cadabra. I think Teller, from Penn & Teller, says it best. Jonathan is funny and elegant and disturbingly smart, like something cuddly with really sharp teeth. Jonathan, I am super excited to have you on the Successful Performer Cast as a guest. Thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks, Chris. This is fantastic. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, man. I'm excited to have you, man. (laughs) So let's uh, start off with a little bit of inspiration here. Do you have a favorite success quote or a, a mantra that you live by? I do, uh, actually. Uh, it's never stop creating. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you maybe give us an example of how that's uh, helped you out in your career? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I have it on my business card. Uh, it's so that I always uh, remind myself of it and remind others of it uh, when I uh, pass those cards out. Um, it is, for me, it's the most important thing, right? Uh, this, this business, whatever. The, if you're in a creative business, uh, generally, your your path is is unknown. Your path is not consistent. It's uh, it's it, you know unless you are one of the lucky few to happen into something that gives you uh, that creativity or that that uh, that uh, a job on a daily basis or a regular basis, uh, you really. Um, can't count on what's going to happen from from moment to moment. And so the most important thing as a creative person is to never stop creating. 
right? Right. So whatever that is, you know, whatever, if, if it's, uh, if, if you're a writer and you're writing something, if you're creating something, if you're acting, if you're doing magic, if you're juggling or you know, whatever it is, doing something creative, keeping the ball moving forward, uh, keeping your juices flowing, I think is so important. And <clears throat> for me, the, the most depressing times in my life, I, when I look back have really been when I, I have not been creative, uh, when I, I feel like I've installed and the best thing I can do at that moment is to do something, to be creative in some way, to, to make something. Uh, and that, and then it kickstarts you again. And, and it's really, and it's not about being creative to a financial end necessarily. It's about being creative to a creative end, to an inspirational end, to something that feeds you and, and uh, feeds your your uh, your drive and your passion, and uh, that's the most important thing in my book. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I I like that a lot. In fact, I can, you know. Just uh, as you're saying that uh, some of the darkest times in your life have been when you weren't creating, you know, it kind of makes me go, you know, into myself to to kind of figure out if maybe that's happened to me at some point, you know? Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, we we want to – somebody once said to me just, just the other day that they read and uh, they follow uh, a philosophy that – it says the most important thing is that we want to feel uh, like we mean something, like we've made a difference, like we're we're uh, that we have meaning in our life, you know, that we're important in some way. Yeah. And and uh, I think being creative allows us to to feel like we are uh, contributing, like we are making something, like we are uh, like we have value. And and uh, so for me, it's it's if. It just has, it keeps me moving forward. Absolutely. And, and the goal is if you continue to create in whatever uh, genre you, you, you mentioned that I wear many hats. Mm -hmm. and the reason I wear many hats is because uh, each hat provides a different type of creativity for me and satisfaction for me. And by not, uh, by having so many hats, hats, it allows me to continue to drive forward in a creative way in different ways and keep something moving forward uh, if one stalls I, I pick up something else uh and i generally try to do these things uh, at the same time or some of them at the same time but uh, it just keeps me moving forward yeah yeah can you share with us something you're working on right now perhaps that you're, you're really excited about yeah actually i'm excited about several projects right now um it's a very interesting time for me uh on a very busy time trying to in fact create several projects uh, at the present moment mm -hmm. i've got a couple of uh projects uh, in the magic front happy to tell you about those and then one in the uh, unscripted space uh, for reality television and then uh, st still have something on the side burner i saw not the back burner but the side burner for uh, <laughs> <laughs> for tele for theatrical television yeah, but yeah. uh but the reality uh, show is something i can't tell you too much about it except that i'm in the midst of it as we speak okay and it's a sports related show and it's something we've been working on for a little while and and uh it's a very interesting idea and and uh, just just really fun uh i can't tell you much more about that because we're really right in the middle of it yeah. but uh but uh, we are, we have some very interesting meetings coming up. Uh, in fact, next week. And so, it, in in that world, it's about pitching. It's about developing a show, uh, molding it uh, into something that is commercial, 
and then uh, and then pitching it to the appropriate people, uh, production companies, networks, and um, and 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 selling it. So we are we are in a very interesting phase right now, and uh, you know maybe we'll have some good news. Uh, ask me again in two weeks. <laughs> hey, absolutely. In yeah. fact, I, I think I recall you mentioning that to me last time we met, and it was just at the very beginning phases of things. So I'm, I'm really excited to to hear that things are progressing so well on this, and well, I can't wait to hear more about it. Well, here's a here's a here, okay. Well, I I appreciate that. Here's a lesson. Uh, the last time you and I met, it's been some time since you and I actually saw each other face to face, right? Yes. I think you are referring to another show. Oh, it was also sports related. Okay, um, in the world of martial arts, is that right? I think so. Yeah. So that. So just to this is the the way it all goes. Uh, that show is about two years in the making, mm-hmm. and uh, as of now, essentially, we believe the show has probably uh, reached the end of its life. So oh, okay. So it it. Uh, Got very close to the finish line, but didn't get pushed over. It doesn't mean it couldn't still get pushed over, but it looks like it's not going down that road. Mm. So, so, uh, so it's actually a different show, but that is the nature of this. And again, it's why you have to never stop creating because these roadblocks, these, these, uh, these, they, they can, they can stop you and yeah. they can, they can keep you from moving forward. They can, they can, uh, uh break your will <laughs> and you have to keep moving forward that's really uh, the key never stop creating so quite interesting absolutely and I, I think you touched on something very important there in that uh, you know we're working on things and you know we're like they're in the middle of it and it's it's something that we're creating and therefore it's something that we care deeply about can you maybe talk a little bit about how you keep yourself from getting discouraged in such instances Absolutely. Uh, well, <laughs> well. First of all, you you're assuming that I do not get discouraged in those uh, instances, uh, and I do get discouraged, quite sure. frankly. Um, and it's because you do you do invest you invest so much time, and these things take so much time. They take, take so much energy uh, and and so much commitment. And the truth is, I don't take on these projects unless I truly believe in the content. Yeah. And. Uh, and so if I truly believe in the content, it would be a lot easier if I didn't care, but I do care. Right. And so, so it's, it's not so easy and it's not easy just to walk away and say, well, that didn't work. Uh, so the answer is that you've, (laughs) this sounds so trite really, but you have to just pick up and make something else. Yeah. You know, you have a choice. You know, and I, I, I have a, I have a choice on a daily basis. I could decide to go a completely different route, right? Uh, as a performer, as an entertainer, as a producer, you know, I could simply say, "Why don't I just go to work for Apple or Adobe?" Yeah. You know, because I have a technical background. That's very interesting to me. I, I think I would enjoy that. But is that really what I want to do, right? And so then you've got to stop and reflect. And what is it that you have in your life now? What does being a performer, being an entertainer, what does that give you on a daily basis? What joys and opportunities does that give you? Weigh that against not having that and then make the decision to continue to create something else. 
Perfect. Thank you for uh, for sharing on that. That's uh, I, I think that's something that will really resonate with uh, with our listeners here, um, especially since uh, uh, you know our our listeners can be anywhere from just picking up their particular art, or they're actually actively trying to move into going full time, or you know they they may already be out there on their own and experiencing some of the very things that you just talked about. Yeah. Uh- I can appreciate that. You know, it's it's a uh, you have you have to weigh it out. I mean, being a performer, mm-hmm. you know, can be can be a difficult road. I don't know that it's ever an easy road, yeah. uh, but but it's certainly fulfilling, and it's fulfilling creatively. Uh, it offers it can offer life experiences that are out of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can meet amazing and interesting people. Uh, there are so many wonderful things that. That being a performer and entertainer brings you, yeah. and you just have to keep remembering that. You know, just look back. You know, we I think we can <laughs> we can take it take it for granted too. You know, you can you know go for a week, a month, whatever it is, and a year, and you're so caught up in it that you forget to reflect. I mean, at least I do. I don't want to yeah. speak for anybody else, but sometimes I forget to reflect on what's happened. You know, and uh, you know the, the person that you happen to meet or performed for or uh, the place you got to visit, you know, uh, the the special tours that you got to take, you know, whatever it is, because of, because of your uh, your willingness to entertain and be creative, and people respond to that. And so, when people respond to that, they they offer up different life experiences that you might not have if you were not doing that. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to not forget, reflect back. You know what I do is I, I've got Apple TV on my computer, right? on my television rather. Okay, and, yep. And uh, very often the the photos are, uh, and you can I'm sure do this on all the other devices too, but I mean the, the point is that the photos are, are scrolling uh, on the TV, right? Photos that we take uh, from our travels and from our experiences. And very often I'll just look back at the TV and I'll, I'll get a glimpse of a memory and I'll go, oh, I did that. Yeah. I, I had a chance to do that. And it's so important to reflect and look. I, I always say, look, I always say stay in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't get caught up with the future. Uh, but look to the past to remember and to drive you forward, right? Wow, yeah. And uh, I think it's so important, you know, not to get caught up with what you are grasping for, what what you know, what you wish you could have, enjoy what you're having now, but also reflect on how, on where you've come and what, and the experiences that you've had. Mm. So Jonathan, could you bring us into your journey into how you discovered, uh, performing? Uh, I know you do magic, you do everything basically. Uh, you know, just, uh, tell us how you discovered performing or how it maybe discovered you. Well, uh, I was uh, eight years old, and uh, was, the story goes that I was uh, crawling around our basement, probably walking because crawling at eight is weird, but uh, <laughs> walking around our basement. And, um, I can't get that image out of my mind now, Jonathan. No, no, no <laughs> thank no. you. I am quite short, so maybe. I, and I wish I wish shorter then, as it turns out. Very interesting. Uh, uh, so, but I was I was uh, I opened up a bookshelf. A book, uh, rather a book, uh, bookcase or uh, a dresser, a dresser, a dresser, and the bottom drawer had a bunch of magic supplies in it, magic props from uh, from Tannen's Magic in uh, in New York. And uh, it turns out my dad was a magician when he was a young man. So 
I found his square circle and his tube with a dragon on it, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, his soak tube and uh, peering canes and all that stuff. And, uh, and so at the age of eight, I started picking up magic. And I was very fortunate. I grew up in, well, I lived in St. Louis when I was at that age. And uh, we are ring one, IBM ring one. And uh, there are such an amazing group of people that have come out of St. Louis, uh, as far as the magical world is concerned, uh, both contemporaries, but also uh, people that have been there for many years. And so I was very fortunate to, to be exposed at a very early age to that group of people. And uh, so I just threw myself into it. And, and, uh, and then when I was 12, my, my mother saw an ad in the, uh, the local paper that our outside plaza uh, in St. Louis, which has street performers throughout the summer on the weekends, and some very good ones, um, was looking for new street performers. So I, she said, my mother said, you should audition for this. So I did. And I started from that point street performing. Wow. And, uh, and I was very fortunate to be taken under the wing by a couple people, Dale Jones, most prominently, he was a, a he's a brilliant juggler and an amazing performer. And, uh, he really helped, uh, teach me how to perform in that environment. And, uh, and that was a huge start for me. So, so I started doing that very early on. And, and, you know, they say that if you can handle a crowd in the street, you can sort of do anything. And so that was a big, big help to me. And, uh, and then it just went from there. Wow, that's amazing. And so you just started street performing and, uh, and I guess everything's history from there. <laughs> well, you know, well, that, that was, that was your, your first real taste of, uh, of, uh, performing professionally then, huh? It was. And you know, I, I was actually making good money, uh, uh with my tips, quite frankly. And <laughs> I used to, uh, I used to buy my own clothes as a kid and, yeah. you know, it was great. I was very, very, it was awesome. Actually, it was good fun. And, and I just had to, I had a chance to really, uh, really bite into that and, and get to know what it was to perform for a crowd of people that way. Because I did that throughout, uh, all the way through my college years. You okay. Know, some months I would do that. Uh, so I went away to college in Syracuse, New York. When I come back for the summers, I would, I would go back and street perform again. And and I had a chance to travel to some other places and do it as well. But it was a big, big deal for me. It was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I just. Just kept going. Now, as you were uh, starting to perform more uh, professionally, did you encounter any resistance from family and friends? Gosh, no, not at all. In fact, like I said, my mother is the one who recommended I, I even try to go for the street performing thing. True. Yeah. Uh, my father was a magician as a young man. Uh, my parents <laughs> were the most supportive people I've ever met in my life. When I, when I was in when I was working for the software company in Colorado. Uh, I decided on a trip, on a business trip to New York. Uh, I was at the Wellington Hotel at 55th and 7th. And I was on a business trip and I got back to my my hotel room. I just sat on the bed and I thought to myself, you know, I think I need to be in Los Angeles. Hmm. And I called my friend, Steve Ehrenholtz, who's a uh, very funny comedian who I also knew from college. And I, he was living out here. He's a writer and, uh, and a comedian. And I said, and an actor. And I called him and I said, I, I want to move to Los Angeles. And he said, I'll help you with whatever you need. So I got back to uh, Denver, Colorado, and I uh, quit my job. And, uh, two weeks later, I was, I was out here. But, but that day that I decided to quit my job, I called my mother. And I said, Mom, I'm going to move to Los I'm going to quit my job, move to Los Angeles, and pursue my life as an actor. 
And without missing a beat, she said, that's terrific, honey. <laughs> I mean, not even, a, not, wow. even, not even, a, I mean, you know, timing is everything. And yeah. she, she didn't take a moment and uh, <laughs> it was great. It was great. So, so no, I've always, always felt very positive about all that. My, my family's always been very supportive. That's cool. I, I, you know, I, I love to hear that. And, uh, you know, some of the uh, other people that I've interviewed, I mean, I get all kinds of different stories, you know. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, but I, I've, I've been happy to hear that most most of the stories I've heard is that uh, most of the time everybody's been really supportive, which is good. <laughs> it, it is good. It's And I, I, that's why I, I will always support anybody in whatever their creative endeavors are, even if it uh, – anybody that's trying to be creative, trying to follow a passion, uh, you can never say anything other than go for it. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, Jonathan, I, I appreciate you, su uh, uh, supporting the successful performer cast tonight <laughs> in, in this interview. <laughs> I do. I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey. So Jonathan, could you tell us about a failure that you've had something that we can all learn from? <laughs> uh, I love to bring up those thoughts. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it's it's something that we can all benefit from, you know. I mean, as we go day in and day out, we're always going to have these learning experiences, and I think it helps to know that people that we look up to as well. Yeah, I mean, we're all human. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Uh, yes. You know, I think I, most most immediately, my thought goes to magic. You know, okay. and. Uh, and I actually remember one show in particular that, um, you know, I, I winged it, you know, I, I have a tendency to wing it. Uh, and, uh, so if I'm putting something new into an act and it's very hard for me to work on it at home, I, I, I want to be in front of an audience. And mm -hmm. so that's something that I need to work on myself, uh, more, more so because I work, when I work something out in front of an audience, I really work it, really work it. Yeah. But, uh, but that first time, can be very difficult uh, for me. Uh, so I, I do recall I did a show. <laughs> I did a show uh, in North Hollywood several years ago now, mm -hmm. and um, and I decided to do a new effect that I, I had never done before. And I I put a little bit of work into it, but I did not put enough work into it right. at all. I just didn't. I didn't. You know, I had the pieces, I had the props, everything was ready, but I hadn't put the, the really the time into the performance of it, yeah. the presentation of it, the scripting of it. Uh, I had an idea of it, but I didn't run it in my in my house a thousand times, um, or even you know ten times. <laughs> but uh, and then I went on stage, and you know I sufficiently uh, bombed. I mean, it was it was pretty pretty tragic quite frankly and uh uh not a fun situation somewhat embarrassing and uh yeah i did that Ooh. so <laughs> not happy about that and but not I, at all no. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know I, it was a learning experience for me absolutely so, you know, absolutely i did learn from that and i realized oh yeah okay so uh that was dumb uh and you know if you if you're not comfortable with something go back go back uh to what you know until the new thing is ready right yeah mm -hmm. yeah and I, I have to tell you right now i can see all of the heads of all of our listeners nodding as they're as they're uh you know agreeing with you and and uh you know just because we've all been there you know 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What I found is that for the majority of times, my failures come when I am not prepared. And that is the one thing I can say to, uh, to change, you know, both in myself and anybody listening. Mm-hmm. Always be prepared. There's a good uh, amount of luck that's involved in uh, the, this world. But uh, when the luck presents itself, you need to be prepared. Right. And I've found that, you know, in my life, when I'm not completely prepared, when I'm not ready, when I'm not honed at my skills, when I'm not, uh, uh, when I don't have everything in my arsenal fine tuned, uh, that's when I can fail. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's when I would, will beat myself up about it. That's when I will be the most down about it. If you're prepared, if you're, if you're fully equipped and something you don't succeed, that is simply, um, a step to the next thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a total failure when you're not ready, when you're not prepared, when you're not uh, fully equipped, when you haven't done your research, um, when your when your skills are not honed and you fail, you only can blame yourself, and and uh, and that's when you can get the most down or depressed, or you can take it to heart too much, and and that's what can hold you back from moving forward. Right, right. Now, can you talk about uh, maybe how how you make sure that you're sufficiently prepared without getting stuck in you know the the preparation of things, which can turn into procrastination? Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't lie. I am a procrastinator myself. Oh, uh, I think we all are. It's, it's <laughs> human nature, isn't it? <laughs> well, and and it is difficult. You know, when you have so many projects going, you kind of it's easy to get lost in one and and forget the others, um, but I would say it, it's not it's it's not about matter of ignoring everything else. I think it's a matter of looking at okay, what what are the the areas that you're focusing on? What are the areas that you are creative in? Are you a magician? Are you a juggler? Are you a writer? Are you uh, developing a, a TV show? Are you uh, you know what what is it that you're being creative doing? And then attacking those skills that pertain to that thing mm-hmm. right so if you're an actor are you in an acting class are you in an improv class mm. are you continually uh, recharging those batteries and keeping them fresh okay. uh, or are you becoming stale you know have you lost the the basic elements and concepts of of that art that piece of art uh, or that creative endeavor if you're a magician are you continuing to practice are you continuing to create yeah. ideas or come up with new ideas uh, if you are a graphic designer are you continuing to design or spread your wings creatively on a graphic design level are you exploring and looking at uh, other examples in the world of creative design that help to motivate you to be creative you know to spread your wings and and to expand your uh, your net you know your net are you just continuing to to learn and expand those skill sets that's really it you know yeah. it's not i don't think there's any uh magic button there's no rule book it's just a matter of continuing to stay active with with the skill sets that are that you need to be focused on for that particular creative art 
Right. So, so basically, get yourself up to a point where you can uh, you can be performing, and you're putting on, uh, you know, putting forward a good product. But also, there's uh, there's upkeep that comes with everything. Make sure that you're you're doing what it takes to uh, to continue keeping your skills up up to speed, but also to continue creating. That that's right. That's okay. right. You have to keep making. Right. You have to. You know, it's easy. I think the the challenge, if you're a creative person and you're you're you get up in the morning and you don't go to an office, mm-hmm. right? So now you're at home, right? And well, I can turn on the TV or turn on the news, which you should do. You should watch the news. Yeah. But uh, but but uh, you know, you can easily get caught up in other um, other sensory input, right? right. Uh, other things that are happening. I'll take my dog for a walk, and I'll just oh, I'll make it a little bit longer walk, or I'll go to Starbucks and hang out there for a while. You know, mm-hmm. so so uh, this is not an endorsement for Starbucks. So <laughs> you, not unless they pay me, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, love Pete's coffee. So so, uh, but no, you you have to, you know, it's easy to get caught up in all that and get lost, and and then it's the end of the day, and uh, you know, a good friend of mine. A good friend of ours, actually, mm-hmm. um, said to me once, you know, people would come up to him, he's a magician, and uh, he said to the hardest working guy I know uh, as a magician, and they said to him, one person said to him at night uh, during a show, hey, what do you do during the day? And he said, I work on getting this show, <laughs> right? Because his job is to wake up, go into his home office, and go to work, yeah. get on the phones, Get the job, get the gig, you know, and then keep working. So it's, it's, uh, I think if in that, you have to have even more discipline in that, in, in these creative endeavors to take the time to really sit down. You know, a writer, uh, no matter how busy they are, takes an hour a day or whatever it is and sits down and writes. Yeah. You know, and sometimes nothing comes and sometimes something comes, but they have to sit down and do it. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, Jonathan, can you tell us about a really big success that you've had? Wow. Uh, try not to think of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're so hung up on the failures, right? That's true. I did. No. <laughs> I, I am a neurotic Jew. so um, Yeah, you know, the successes that I've had, very interesting. Um, Boy, you know, here's the reality of it. Uh, the reason I pause is, I this is going to sound, I don't know, this may sound completely ridiculous, pompous, and I don't know, but uh, I don't think about them that often, mm. quite frankly, uh, and, which is not a good thing either. You know, I mean, I talk about reflecting on the, you know, your past and the, where sure. you've what you've done, and and all of those are successes. Right? So, what 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 are you most proud of right now at this moment? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I am, I am proud of the thing that I am working on at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, for me, that's really about living in the moment. Okay. Uh, Although I, I know I do say, look to the past, look where you've come, look how it drives you forward. Right. Uh, you know, I'm proud of the fact that my first acting gig really was the X-Files, you know, years ago, years ago now. But, but that was quite an accomplishment. And when I look back at, at the process that it took to, to get that gig, it was pretty laborious and very difficult. And, and that really 
set the stage for many things and many relationships that I still have today. And uh, so I'm very proud of that. And, and that was about being prepared mm-hmm. and being lucky at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was about I had an opportunity that happened to come my way, but I was ready for it magically and theatrically. And, uh, and if I was not ready for it, I would not have gotten that gig. And so that changed quite a bit for me. And, and that's, a, that's a big lesson for me, you know, a big lesson. Yeah. Um, today I'm working on a, a new product that I'm releasing very soon that we've been, it's probably a little over a year in the making. And uh, it's a trick that I've incorporated in my close-up act and now I'm going to be releasing it soon. And I, I have to tell you, I'm incredibly proud of it. And I'm proud of it because I think it's a really good trick. And, I, and I'm proud of it because we've, we've gone through the process of, of making it, of developing it and making it and, and manufacturing it and having it, uh, having it become real. And that's incredibly satisfying. I'm, I'm proud of the, the fact that this, the show that I mentioned that is, uh, that, that didn't quite make it mm-hmm. previous show. I'm intensely proud of that show because we put so much work into it, so much development into it, got it so far, you know, and the fact that it didn't go over the finish line doesn't make me less proud of it. Right. I'm proud of that success because I put the work in and mm-hmm. the time in to make it into something that was interesting to somebody, right? And uh, because it got to a point where it was close, yeah. you know, people were, you know, we were working with a production company that that wanted – that option the show wanted the show and we developed it with us after that you know so so that's a that makes me very proud i'm proud of the fact that that uh i'm working on this new show and the the work we're putting in uh is fantastic you know the the team that i'm involved with we're all committed to it we're all putting a lot of work into it and we're picking up all the pieces that we need to pick up and and putting in the the work that we all individually need to do and to do as a team and we're going down the right path and we've brought on some interesting people and and uh and now we're at a very good place with it so i'm proud of that so i'm i'm really am proud of you know the things that i'm working on at that moment that make me happy and and fill me with joy and passion mm-hmm. uh i'm proud of them yeah. Because there's something that I'm working on that I believe in. Um, so now one of the things that you've done uh, is is uh, ma- a lot of magic consulting for television and film. Could you maybe talk a little bit about how that's going for you? Sure. Uh, it it uh, comes and goes. You okay. know, it's, it's been interesting. You know, I I felt back, I last year is it last year or two years? What is it now? Uh, consulted on a couple of films. Uh, that were released, uh, incredible, the incredible Burt Wonderstone and uh, Now You See Me. And, and uh, I was thinking, you know, I've consulted on other projects too, but then I was thinking about when, I, when the first consulting gig was, and I realized it was actually the X-Files. So this job that I got, uh, that I was so proud of back in the day, where I was playing a con artist magician as a guest starring role opposite Ricky Jay on the X-Files, mm-hmm. uh, I realized, you know what? I taught David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson how to do magic. So <laughs> that really was my first consulting gig, right? Yeah. And and I and I I think I I didn't really give weight to that until recently I, when I really reflected on that. So it comes and goes. It comes for different opportunities, uh, different reasons. But uh, but it's certainly been fun. And what I find that I contribute the 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 best in those scenarios is to teach 
you know, certainly to teach skill and to teach um, technical skill, mm-hmm. but but also to teach actors how to be magicians. Okay. You know, how to become a magician uh, in their body and in their movement and their thinking uh, and how to embody that uh, in front of the camera and in, within their character. And, uh, and that's what I find I contribute the, uh, the best uh, okay. in, that, in that environment. So it's been, it's been good fun for me. And uh, we'll see if it continues to, uh, to happen. I'm, you know, I'm sure it will in some capacity. Um, I don't actively go after it. I don't actively seek out magic consulting, but but uh, it's certainly of interest to me. And and uh, when the opportunity arises, I I'm I'm usually uh, pretty open to saying yes to it. Sure. Yeah. And it just seems like a kind of a natural progression of things for you, uh, since you're you have a, a foot in both worlds. You know. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. If I you know I I can approach it. I can speak to an actor as an actor, mm-hmm. and and then. Uh, and then introduce the magic element to them in a in a pretty effective way. Okay, so it's it's not something that you had uh, actively or intentionally pursued then. Not at all. Okay. Now, no. when hired for for consulting, do you ever employ the help of other magicians? How does that play into things? Sure. Uh, or I'm or or I'm brought on with other magicians. Okay. Know? So as a team. Yeah, that's happened too. Okay. Uh, for the incredible Burt Wonderstone, it was Jim Steinmeier who was actually on the movie first and was working on the uh, the film and the script in pre-production phase. And then when it went into production, uh, he suggested that I come aboard. Uh, and so they met with me and then they brought me aboard. So And, and then I continued to work with Jim uh, as needed as the project went, on, went forward. So, you know, and, and then now you see me, I wasn't the main consultant. I was brought on to a team of consultants to work in different areas at different times. Right. Uh, so it's all, you know, it's all, uh, but, uh, on flash forward, I also consulted a little bit on that and, and I was brought on, uh, I was the only magic person on that, uh, on that show. So, you know, it just varies, just ranges. Okay. Yeah. It, it depends on the task at hand pretty much. Huh? Yeah. But I think it's important, you know, what you say is, is right. Uh, if you're saying this, that, that having the right team is crucial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, as magicians, especially, we are an island, aren't we? I mean, we, we, we direct ourselves. We shouldn't. We, <laughs> yeah. we write everything ourselves. We shouldn't. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we are in a vacuum. And, and we're, you know, we close ourselves off in our room and we try to come up with ideas and practice our stuff. And, and, uh, and, and it's not good. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And having the right team, you know, if you look at anybody that's successful on television, let's say, you know, I mean, or, or not even on television, but, but, uh, on stage, it's the team around them that make them successful or help to make them successful. And, uh, you can't forget that. Yeah. You can't go it alone. No, no, you shouldn't go it alone. <laughs> you shouldn't. I, I, okay. I suppose you can go it alone, but you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can certainly go it alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jonathan, what would you say to the person who would like to go after consulting gigs? What would you recommend to them? Uh, be well versed. Okay. Yeah, in a in a wide range of of areas. Now, I mean, granted, we're just saying you know have the right team. Mm-hmm. So you you the response might be, well, if I'm versed in one area, can't somebody else be versed in another area? But it is very helpful to to uh, to cross over as much as you can. Um, but, 
you know, consulting gigs are not, if you really want to do it, let's say you're a magician, you really want to consult. There's, there's not, I was going to say there's not many opportunities, but yeah. there are opportunities in the sense that there are student films and there are, uh, there are plays, you know, theatrical plays and their magic is, has, you know, is in the consciousness of many areas of, of, uh, the creative arts. And so, uh, I would say if you want to go after it, look for those opportunities. Don't look for, uh, the next Warner brothers movie, look for, uh, a theater piece mm-hmm. or a student film. If you're out in Los Angeles, look to AFI and does AFI, the American film Institute have any student films going, uh, the LA film school, do they have any student films going that are related to magic? They may, they'll probably need a consultant, you know, yeah. in that case. And so I would say go after those. Basically get out there and help. Yeah. 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 Meet people and, uh, and uh, do what you can to do what you can for others. Yeah, absolutely. Just keep going. Yeah, you know, trying to you can build up your your resume. <laughs> Certainly. So, Jonathan, how do you differentiate yourself from others in your genres? Do you have a unique selling point? Um. Hmm. It's funny. Uh, I you know I I remember we were talking about this before, weren't we? <laughs> uh, I think we probably were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know. Uh, way I look at it is that you are your own product, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a fine line, you know, because between just being ultra focused on one particular area of expertise, creative expertise, yeah, and this idea of being a cottage industry where you are your own. Uh, your own set of products, right? That you yourself are the product. Mm -hmm. And what you're selling is you're selling you and you happen to do these other things. I mean, uh, in many ways, that's, that's a way to differentiate yourself. It's a way I like to differentiate myself. Um, But, uh, but I just, I mean, it's a difficult thing to answer because I, I, I am my own personality, you know, and, and when somebody meets me, like you said, you wear many different hats, right? Just try to be creative in many different areas and appeal to many different people. It's what's interesting, you know, for the listeners out there that are magicians, Mm -hmm. magic is very special and you can wear all of these hats, but the moment that you say you're a magician, it changes everything. Mm. Yeah, it does. It really does. It opens up doors. And so if you can be a great magician and really be entertaining, for me, I can't deny that magic has opened up more doors for me in the entertainment industry than anything else. Hmm. And I, I, you just can't, I can't deny that. And so I embrace that. And, uh, and I use that. And that is, and that has become the biggest selling point. Yeah. That's, that's really cool to hear. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So tell us an interesting story, something you've encountered during your performance career. All right. Here's a story, I I guess. Okay. Now here's the thing. This is not, this is not anything that had to do with being on stage or watching a performer, but it happened in, while I was in the entertainment industry, which has been, you know, most of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I don't know if you'll find this interesting or not. And it certainly, I can assure you, is not helpful to anybody. <laughs> I, uh, I, here, here I was. I was going to. I was. Go, I was. I was. Uh, I was hosting a television show called Paranormal USA for the Biography Channel, and they were. Uh, I was flying into where was it? I was flying into Kentucky, right? Or Ohio? I think. What's right next to Kentucky? Is it? Is it Ohio? And uh, I think so. Geography is not my strong yeah, point. <laughs> wow, well, check that and I cut it out, I guess. And then, uh, and then, uh, uh, but but my driver, the production company was based in Tennessee, so my driver uh, was working in that company, was going to drive up, get me, and then drive me to the location, which was on the East Coast. Uh, it was very all very strange, you know. But but that we had a long drive ahead of us. We were investigating the Mothman. Uh, anyway, so nice. yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was a great story. But uh, so it's late at night. I get picked up, or rather, I get to the airport. I should say, and my ride isn't there. I think I got there around twelve or twelve thirty into the airport. My ride's not there. But a half hour later, I finally make contact, and she's freaking out, and she's she's telling me that there are major. Uh, she's had some major issues on the road and, and, uh, so, somebody had to, uh, she saw somebody on the side of the road. And so she pulled over to help them. I said, well, okay. So I said, you know, if you're helping them, then that's a good thing. That's fine. So uh, I don't mind being a little late cause you're helping somebody. So she eventually picks me up. It's late at night now. It's, it's nearing one thirty in the morning, maybe two. And we're driving and we just get across the Kentucky border. And, um, oh, I guess I should start the story with, this is the story of when I was pulled over on the side of the Kentucky border by the highway police uh, at 2 a.m. and was being frisked in front of a cop car. Wow. That's how I should start the story. That, that, that one time, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> one time I remember. And yeah. so, so there we are, oh, man. pulled over, right? And I'm, I'm laughing. I'm, I, I don't know what's happening here. And, uh, and, and uh, she says to me, as we're sitting there, the lights are on us, and we're just sitting in our car, a little uh, Ford, uh, some sort of uh, uh, SUV. Okay. And we just pause, pause, pause before the cops come up. And she just says to me, I have drugs in the car. <gasps> and I just sat there, and I, and I thought, well, yeah, that's great. Uh, okay. So so then the cops come up with the dog, yeah. the canine dog. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. And they they put and, and, and as they you know, as they approach the car uh with flashlights, she gets out of the car. And I think to myself, Oh my god, that's how you get killed. <laughs> yeah, pretty so, much. So 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 they they uh they tell her to stay in the car and uh, they question her and then they they pull her out of the car and then they pull me out of the car. And what I tell the police officers is, oh, my God, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm hosting a television show. And uh, I never met this woman before tonight. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's basically what's going on. And, uh, and so then they put both of us, they frisked me first yeah. uh, in front of the cop car. And then they put both of us uh, in the back of the police car. So now I'm in the back of a police car on the side of the Kentucky freeway. And... Uh, and uh, and we're looking at the car as uh, the car ahead of us as the canine is jumping through the car. Which, by the way, we have three hours ahead of us on the road. And this canine, which is a German Shepherd and shedding, uh, I'm allergic 
to dogs. So all I can think is, I'm not thinking about the drugs she has in the car. I'm thinking about the fact that I'm going to be sneezing for the next three hours before I have to get up in the morning and host a television show. So uh, so uh, they start uh, going through her bags and, and uh, dumping things out. And then they finally bring her out of the car and they, and they show her the paraphernalia and they ask her what that this is all about. And, uh, and so then at this point, they, they release us. They actually put us back in the car and they give her a court date and then we take off. And she looks over at me and she says, please don't tell anybody at the company. And I go, eh, it's cool. <laughs> Secrets safe with me. Just get me there. So at the end of it all, okay, okay. Now, I'm, now I'm her best friend because I'm not telling anybody on the crew. Yeah, and you have important information. <laughs> she actually said to me, please don't tell your agent. Okay. So, so I, I didn't tell my agent, right? So now I'm her best friend. And now it's time to go back three hours to the airport, right? Mm-hmm. Guess who my driver is? Okay. So she's driving me again. We get on the freeway and not more than 30 minutes in, we get pulled over by another police officer. I'm thinking, what is happening to us? You know. So anyway, but we got away wow. pretty easily. But yeah, there, there you have it. So do, was, do you think the Mothman could have something to do with this? I have no doubt <laughs> the Mothman has something to do with it. Oh, man, that's crazy. That about you, but I believe in the Mothman. Hey, we got to believe in something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry to, bore, sorry to bore you with that. No, no, no. That that's. I mean, that's an interesting story. That's. Uh, I think that'll be fun. Fun for our listeners to to hear. So, yeah. Jonathan, could you rec- recommend a resource that you always use to our listeners? And this could be anything from an iPhone app to good old paper and pen. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, it's uh, a resource. Uh, notes notes take notes always write down ideas always write down notes you know I'm, i mean i'm i'm you're talking about an app too you know i use the notes app on the on the iphone and the computer but uh but uh and if it's a paper and pen whatever it is or if it's posted always write down ideas write down notes because uh you never know when something's going to spark you or you might come back to something i actually keep a list of uh a note that it has a list of ideas uh you know uh, ideas that i that I want to work on show ideas that I want to develop or create trick ideas that I want to work on. Uh, and sometimes I'll come back to that list and it's two years old, you know, yeah. there's an idea on there two years ago or maybe three years ago, but, uh, but maybe then that is something that, that gets you. So, so, uh, that's what I would say is okay. always, always, uh, write down ideas and, and to, to never stop doing that. Write down everything, everything. Everything. everything and you know the, the reality is when we have to write th- we used to write things down on post-it notes you can't you can't keep post-it notes everywhere but now that we have it electronically you can do that yeah store it in the cloud and you can have it everywhere anywhere that you have internet anywhere anytime that's right yeah. <laughs> jonathan could you recommend for us two books one performance specific book and then the other one uh outside of your performance expertise like a business or a self-development book yeah, you know what? I, I have to tell you, from a performance book, I, I know many of your readers will know or listeners will know this book and, uh, and some I'm sure will not. Uh, but there was a book put out by Chris Carey called Find the Stuff That's You. Do you remember that book? No, I do not. 
this is a good book. And, uh, you know, the truth is I haven't read it in years, but I'm holding it in my hands now. Uh, in fact, look at this. It was signed to me. I just opened it up. Lots of luck with your stuff. Chris Carey, IBM 1990. Wow. Uh, this book um, I'm holding it in my hands because I still have it. And even though I haven't read it in a while, it had a, a big impact on me. It was a really good book to just learn about who you are and what you do and picking the right tricks and understanding your audience and how to, how to, uh, use dialogue and develop your character and how to convey an idea. Uh, this book, uh, uh, you know, I I read, I poured through this book, and quite frankly, it was it was uh, very helpful to me. So I would I would recommend that. Uh, I don't even know if they sell this book anymore. They must, right? Find the stuff that's you by Chris <laughs> Carey, C A R E Y. Okay, you should be able to find it somewhere. I would think so. I mean, so that was definitely a book I would recommend. And then, as far as a a, a book in the in the business or professional world that's outside of our performance. Uh, I'm not going to recommend a book, but I, what I will recommend is a technique. Can I do that? Sure. Uh, I'm very much and very interested in memory. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I think if you can develop your memory, uh, which I have trouble with, I have trouble in life with my memory, but I also have an amazing memory when it comes to certain things when I apply myself. Mm. And uh, in fact, I do a, a routine where I use a mnemonic system uh, for memory. And as magicians, we'll know what that is. And uh, if you can, if you can take memory courses or find ways to improve your memory, where you can remember people's names, you can remember lists, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can become more observant. Uh, then I would recommend doing that. And then, in addition to that, I know this is going to sound crazy. I know you're looking for a professional book, but what I would say is read the news, listen to the news, and know what is going on in the world. And I don't know that there's anything that's more valuable than that. You know, we can read books and books and philosophies and ideas and, and how to manage people and how to impress people, you know. But at the end of the day, if you can have an intelligent conversation with somebody about what is happening in the world, sure. then you will win. Absolutely. You know, you're the, the, I think the second person to say that the other guy was, uh, George Tovar and he said, uh, yeah, you know, keep up with current events. It makes you more relatable. You can, uh, you can talk to more people about more topics and it makes you more likable. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Ab absolutely. And you can, you can, and, and exactly that you can be more relatable. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? That's uh that's a, a perfect uh, piece of parting advice to end on. I like that. Good. <laughs> uh, one more thing. Tell us where we can find you online. Plug any services or products that you might have. This is uh, this is you. Oh, thanks. Uh, well, you can always find me at my website, which is jonathanlevitt.com, uh, one T, uh, on Levitt. Uh, and, uh, you know, actually on the bottom of that website is my uh, mailing list. And if you subscribe to my mailing list from time to time, I'll send out some information. I don't bombard you. I send out very, very infrequent uh, uh, newsletters, but when I do, it usually is something interesting. So uh, I would ask you to sign up to my mailing list. But something else I'm very excited about, uh, beside this trick that I'm putting out soon, uh, Anthony Asimov with the Black Rabbit series is putting out a series of DVDs. And the last one he just put out, just came out just uh, a couple weeks ago, is uh, The Magic of Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne, who won the uh, Close-Up Magician of the Year a few years ago. 
at the Magic Castle. And uh, these DVDs are focused on uh, teaching not just the tricks themselves, because we do do that, but the thinking and the psychology behind those effects and uh, really understanding how to treat an audience or work with an audience or how to develop an act or mm-hmm. construct your, your, the structure of your show. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting, and I, I really enjoyed this series. And he is in the midst of uh, creating a DVD series, a two-DVD set for, for myself. And uh, we're in the midst of that, and it's going to be out. We're probably done maybe by the end of this month, and then hopefully an out, out about a month later. Wow. But, uh, yeah. But in this DVD set, I am revealing my close-up act, uh, the act that I do at the Magic Castle. And we, I teach the entire act, or the majority of it, and uh, but also the thinking behind it, and uh, and what goes into it, because there's a lot of work that goes into that act. And uh, so it's not just the tricks themselves, although you do learn those, but you learn everything else behind it. And so if you're willing to watch this, these videos, and listen between the lines, uh, you will learn a great deal. And uh, so I'm really excited about sharing that information and having this uh, this DVD set come out. So uh, that's fun. That'll be out soon. And then, uh, of course, the other trick that I was talking about, uh, which is called C4. So keep your eyes out for that. And uh, and then uh, the show that uh, I was mentioning a, a little bit ago, the, uh, the reality show. So uh, if you sign up for my mailing list, I'll, I'll send you updates on all that stuff as, as it happens. Awesome. Now, by the time this uh, this interview actually goes live, it's uh, I have about a month lead time, so some of these items may have already come out, and I will be sure to include links uh, to all of this, uh, the resources you mentioned, the books you'd mentioned, as well as all of the places to, to find Jonathan online, and uh, our listeners will be able to find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash Jonathan dash Levitt. And that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N dash L-E-V-I-T. So that's just a little side note for our listeners. Jonathan, you have shared all kinds of great information that our listeners can use to help grow their performance businesses. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Successful Performer Cast and sharing your experience. Hey, I, I, I so appreciate it. You're doing a great thing. And uh, keep it up. And thanks for having me on. It's, it's an honor. Thanks, John. I I appreciate that. Have a great night. See you, Chris. Hey there, this is your host, Chris Shepard, wrapping things up. I really hope that you're enjoying these free podcasts. If you are, I'd really appreciate it if you go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com, click on the subscribe on iTunes tab at the top to be taken to the iTunes store where you can leave a rating and a review. Don't forget that I'll give a shout-out by name to anyone who leaves a five-star rating. Now, go out there and make your dreams happen. (laughs) 